Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you all for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is Sarah Bonifant, and I am a current PGY1 pharmacy resident at Southwest General in Cleveland, Ohio. And today we will be chatting with Elizabeth King and Rachel Bubick about preparing for interviews with a busy schedule. We're all part of the New Practitioners Forum advisory groups and have been working on resources to help new practitioners prepare for the busy interview season that occurs every year. This is an important topic as new practitioners often have demanding schedules that can make it very difficult to find adequate time to prepare for interviews. Before we dive into our session, we will have our speakers introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Elizabeth. I am an inpatient hematology oncology clinical specialist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. I've been closely involved with ASHP since my time as a student pharmacist at Ohio Northern University. I've continued my involvement both during residency and now as I'm starting my practice. It has been a wonderful opportunity to help build resources that pharmacists can utilize to better themselves and the profession. Hi, my name is Rachel Bubick. I'm also currently an inpatient hematology oncology clinical specialist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. I've been a part of ASHP group since I was a student and in the last few years have been very passionate about the New Practitioners Forum because I think it produces so many tangible resources addressing challenges that I faced as a new student and resident. So I'm very excited to be here today to hopefully share some tips to make this interview journey a little bit easier for the next generation of pharmacists. Thank you both for that great introduction. So one of the first things that has to be done before an interview is to figure out where to apply. For residencies, there is a centralized process for finding programs available through ASHP's website. This isn't the case once you are looking for jobs as a pharmacist though. So what were your search strategies for finding jobs available? ASHP has a website called Career Farm, which is a great central list of pharmacists job postings, especially around the time of mid-year. This list was very helpful when selecting institutions that I wanted to request a PPS job interview with, and then also useful after mid-year as jobs were posted or updated. Um, I would also consider looking on websites for organizations for your specific pharmacy specialty. Uh, for example, I use the Hematology Oncology Pharmacy Association, or HOPA's website, where many hemonc pharmacy-specific jobs were posted. Lastly, don't be afraid to let your colleagues, preceptors, program director know what kind of position you're looking for and use your network to keep an ear out for positions. This is where your connections can really play a big role in helping to shape your career. Don't be afraid to use them as Rachel said. Career Farm was something that I also found to be helpful. Visient, which many academic medical centers are part of, was another resource that I utilized to look for jobs. Our RPD would frequently send us an updated spreadsheet of these jobs that were available. I was surprised to find out that Googling oncology pharmacist jobs also allowed me to see many jobs that were available. I used those sites like Indeed to give me a launching point to go off of in order to do more research into the job and start the process of applying if it fit. Making connections and utilizing your network are definitely great ways to find positions that are available. 
Our next question is, how do you prepare for interviews with a PAC schedule and when is it best to start this process? Residency is such a busy year full of ups and downs, growth, learning. There's really no way you're going to remember all of the amazing interventions you make that year or all of the difficult situations that you've successfully handled. So one of the best pieces of advice that someone ever gave to me was to keep a running Word document of situations that happened during residency that could someday be used to showcase various skills in an interview. Um, and I would start at the beginning of your residency if you can. For example, if you make the life-saving intervention or you have a difficult but successful conversation with a provider when you're helping to make a complicated patient decision, or if you have a particularly busy day of residency where you had to juggle many competing priorities. These are all examples that can be used during the behavioral interview questions to show your future employer how you react in those situations. I personally am horrible at remembering those things on the spot. So keeping that running document throughout the year and then just skimming it over the night before an interview is a very efficient way to prepare. I definitely agree with Rachel. Keeping a log of various situations was helpful in my preparation for interviews. I was able to have answers to behavioral questions on hand and have the detail that I needed. As a resident, I felt like I was always on the go. One thing that helped me to keep track of questions I wanted to ask at my interviews was having this log of the questions for this um, situation. Sometimes those questions pop up at random moments, so it was helpful to write them down as I thought of them. By the time I got to my interviews, I already had that list of questions prepared. The last thing I would add would be to utilize your mentors for help in preparation. Not only can they help you find a process for preparing, but they may also have connections at specific sites that you're interviewing at, which can help enhance your preparation. In general, I think the earlier you start with interview preparation, even if only a little, the better. I would definitely agree with both Rachel and Elizabeth. Invest in a notebook that you can easily hang on to throughout the year to make sure you have the tools you need to have a great interview. Our next question is speaking of things that you may need to think about near the beginning of residency year, how did you prioritize saving time off in order to attend interviews? I would say trying to guess how many days you'll need off for interviews at the beginning of the year is basically impossible. Um, so try to save as much PTO for the interview season as you can. And if you have leftover, you can use it near the end of your year. When I had to travel for interviews, I tried to group geographically similar interviews back to back so it didn't require as many days off. And now in the days of virtual interviews, you can try to work with your program director to see if you can maybe work a half day on your interview days to help save PTO. Another thing that I found helpful when we weren't interviewing in a virtual setting was to try and utilize Friday and Monday as interview days in order to take advantage of my weekend for the travel time. Of course, you know, this is pre-pandemic. During residency, I also tried to make my interviews on project days if possible in order to minimize disruptions to my rotations. So once you've taken time off for your interviews as a resident, how did you manage those interviews and then missing days of rotation? 
When you start a new rotation, be very open with your preceptor about places you've applied, interviews that you're working to schedule. They should hopefully be accommodating in terms of being flexible with the rotation if you give them enough notice. If you end up taking a full day of PTO for a half day interview, try not to waste the other half of the day. Use that time to catch up on other residency projects or catch up on the things that you might have missed that day during rotation so that you're ready to hit the ground running at rotation the next day. I tried to keep my preceptors as updated as possible once I had the information that may cause me to miss out on rotation time. Then I would work with my preceptor to reschedule any topic discussions, meetings, or other duties that I had. For some, I was able to move around project days in order to help accommodate missing rotation. Open communication really is key. I couldn't agree with you more, Elizabeth. Communication is vital when juggling a busy residency schedule, so making sure that everyone is in the loop of your interview plans makes it easier on everyone involved. Speaking of communication, many interviews require a presentation. What kind of presentation should candidates plan to give, and what are some tips for preparation? Some interviews will give you guidance on a specific area that they would like you to present on, for example, related to the specialty that you're going into, or they may leave it very open. Um, if you're able to reuse a presentation that you've done earlier that year, there are several advantages to doing that. First, you already have spent a significant amount of time researching and preparing for that presentation, which will make any audience questions a breeze. Second, you've likely already given this presentation to an audience, so giving it during your interview should give you less first time presenting jitters. And lastly, hopefully it is a topic that you are passionate about, which will allow you uh, your excitement for the topic to really shine through during that interview. My key tips would be to first be passionate about the topic you're presenting. This will give you the chance to show your, your audience some of your personality and it will make it easier to put in the time and dedication needed to get it right. Second, as Rachel said, if you can, use something you've already created. You may have a specific prompt and you should follow this, but you can adapt a presentation you've already done if needed. Pick one that you've already received great feedback on so that you know with more work you will knock it out of the park. And lastly, prepare for the presentation. Your peers, co-residents, mentors, or preceptors are all people who can give you valuable feedback on your style and on the content. You want to make sure your presentation is free from errors. Aside from the presentation, another portion of the interview that candidates are sometimes nervous about is the question portion of the day. So what are some common questions candidates should be prepared to answer? One question you are likely to receive in some way, shape, or form is, tell me about yourself. I think this one can be tricky to answer. I don't recommend rehearsing every answer to every question that you can think of. You want an interview to feel natural, but this is one where I would practice. As for your answer to this question, I think you should give a glimpse of who you are, what makes you unique, and at some point you want to tie in how your experiences and or goals are in line with the job you're seeking. Other questions will often be behavioral-based questions. I think it was easier for me to think of situations that could fit a variety of scenarios that I knew that I handled well, rather than practice a hundred question list. I focused on the details of those situations and kept those at the forefront of my mind when interviewing, and that has worked well for me. 
Many behavioral interview questions also center around a time that you are faced with a challenging situation, whether that be a time that a provider did not take your recommendation or a time that you disagreed with a coworker or a preceptor, a time that maybe you were juggling a lot of things, more things than you had time for. Um, so trying to think of various situations ahead of time so that you're prepared with a good example for these questions is really helpful. And then most importantly, make sure you relay how you successfully handled those situations. So this is where that notebook will come in handy. Always think of the STAR method when answering behavioral type questions. That would be the situation, task, action, and result to make sure that your answers are all succinct. So this past year's interview season looked a little different due to COVID-19. What are some tips you learned from a virtual interviewing perspective? So both Rachel and I were on the interviewer side this year even though there were a couple of technology hiccups during interviews that I experienced, overall, I think candidates were well prepared. Creating a neutral background and finding a place to focus are a couple important tips for virtual interviewing. However, we are all getting used to this. And I think everyone is willing to give some leeway because it is difficult to prepare for any situation and any possible distraction in the setting. I think the most important thing is just to be flexible. Everyone knows that unavoidable technology issues may pop up at random times. Um, pets may appear on screen, doorbells may ring. So just don't let those things throw you off. Just keep smiling and know that they likely will not hold these things against you. Another resource that focused on virtual mid-year but has a lot of good tips for professional interactions in a virtual environment was actually a podcast done by some of our fellow new practitioners. I highly recommend listening to their podcast from ASHP called Tips and Tricks for a Successful Virtual Mid-Year Meeting, Advice from the New Practitioners Forum. This is episode 187. They do a great job at diving into some of the finer details of managing your virtual environment. Once you master the technology portion of virtual interviews, something that can be difficult during the interview process is keeping track of the details from each separate interview. How do you keep details fresh in your mind for future decisions about which job or residency you would best fit with, especially when you have to jump right back into work? As soon as the interview finishes and you've either left the site or logged off the virtual interview, I recommend writing down everything that you can remember. The most important thing is to remember looking back is what you liked about the job, what you didn't like, maybe how the interview day and the people that you interacted with made you feel overall. Um, something I wish I would have jotted down more were actually specifics about the institution's scheduling. Um, if you're looking for an inpatient position, for example, how often will you be working day shift versus night shift? How many teams will you be rotating between? How long will you spend on each team? This didn't seem important to me at the time, but it's definitely one of the bigger variations that you'll see between jobs. I definitely second what Rachel said about writing down everything you can remember as soon as you can. Even during breaks on interviews, I would try and write things down on my sheet of questions. I tried to also include a couple of fun details, such as sharing a story about their pet, that they're into skiing, something along those lines that was shared during the interview in order to help me better remember that person that I spoke with and what we spoke about. What is to be expected after the interview is complete? After the interview is complete, one thing you will want to do is write thank you notes. These can be handwritten or can be emailed. I would say this is a highly debated topic. 
During my residency interview process for PGY-1, I handwrote thank you notes immediately after interviews. Usually I did this on the plane ride back. I thought this would be a nice touch and figured that if I mailed them out quick enough, that would be okay. However, during my PGY-2 year at the same place that I did my PGY-1, one of my preceptors found a thank you note from me in her mailbox that was sent an entire year prior. So for jobs, I wanted to make sure that the people actually received my thank you and knew how interested I was in, in the position. So I sent them by email. An added bonus I discovered is that people usually sent back messages. This gave me a chance to further interact with the sites I interviewed at before job offers were sent. I would definitely second everything Elizabeth just said as I did the very same thing. With residency, you typically have several weeks between your interview and when the match rankings are due. So you have time to send handwritten thank you cards through snail mail. The job market can have a much faster turnaround though and they could potentially offer you the job a week after your interview. Um, therefore, I also thought it was important to send an email right after my interview expressing my interest in the job and thanking them for their time. In addition to writing thank you notes, if you're interviewing for a job, you may hear back from that site about a potential offer. These offers may come in at different times, unlike in residency interviews. So how do you handle receiving job offers at different times? This was definitely the biggest thing that I had to get used to after going through residency interviews for two years and having a very defined match day. With job interviews, each institution is on a very different timeline. So you might find yourself in a situation where you have a job offer to you with a quick decision deadline, but your potential dream job interview is still several weeks away. So this is a very tough situation, unfortunately, with no perfect answer. The best thing to do is really to be honest with all people involved. If the institution that offered you a job is willing to extend the deadline slightly, or potentially if you're able to move up the date of the other interview, those are all things to consider discussing with the sites. Lastly, to wrap up our session today, any parting advice for those entering interview season? My advice would be to think about interviews as more of a longitudinal experience. When you have a very busy schedule, for example, during residency, it can be hard to think about adding on the responsibility of interview preparation to the list of tasks you have to do. However, if you can incorporate some of the things we've talked about early on, such as picking presentation topics for interviews as you're actively preparing for your required presentations and writing down questions that you want to be sure to ask during the interview, as well as situations that have come up and how you've handled them and it will be much easier by the time you get to the actual interview. My advice would just be to remember that an interview is always just as much for you as it is for the people interviewing you. So they're trying to figure out who will be the best fit for their position. So you should also be asking yourself if you can picture yourself at their institution. You'll meet a lot of people during your interview that could potentially be your future coworkers. So do they seem like people that you could interact with on a daily basis? For me, looking for my first job out of residency, it was important for me to find a very supportive, collaborative environment because I knew I would still be learning and growing a lot during my first year on a job. Therefore, that was something that I really focused on during my job interviews. I'd like to echo Elizabeth and Rachel and also add on to be proud of yourself for getting the interview. They asked you to come in for an interview because they were impressed by what your CV says. So now it's really your time to shine and let them know who is behind the CV. So be confident, smile, and really just be yourself on that interview day. 
So that's all the time we have today, everyone. I want to thank Elizabeth and Rachel for joining us today to discuss strategies for preparing for a successful interview season with a busy schedule. Join us here at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.